0: what's up and welcome back to the kind of funny screencast of course i'm tim gettys and i'm joined by the big dog kevin coelho Sup, dudes and the nitro rifle andy cortez good morning andy that shirt's fantastic man thank it's just you good show it thank off you. a little bit you know okay. let the kids thank see you. wow very very wow
1: very. it is a uh, boy it, it's hot in san francisco the scorcher it's, is it's what a they scorcher. say man andy, it's how, a hot
2: one how hot does your thermometer say what are we getting? Well, there? I've What's got
1: the way? AC popping and nice. stopping and locking and dropping. So, nice. right now it's 77.7. 7. Okay. All right.
0: Could Damn. be worse. I got my fan three feet away from me just blasting
1: me. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, feels like AC- left side is feeling nice. The AC is working overtime.
2: Kev? Oh, no. I just got a fan over here and several back there.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. 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 Kev. Big fan of fans.
0: Of course, this is kind of funny. Screencast each and every week, we get together to talk about the latest in TV, movies, and trailers of course you can watch it on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com if you wanted to get it as a podcast you just got to search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny screencast and we'll be right there for you and i highly recommend that you do that and subscribe wherever is most convenient to you whether it's watching on youtube or listening to your favorite podcast service a subscription goes a long way especially because this show is popping off right now i keep saying it but we're doing weekly reactions to she-hulk to lord of the rings the rings of power to this show Game of Thrones, Hot D. Um, and soon, we are going to be adding Andor, the Star Wars show on Disney Plus, to that list. So all of that's very exciting stuff. You can watch episode one of Lord of the Rings right now over on YouTube.com slash kind of funny and podcast services. Andy, how did it go? You hosted. It. It's a rare, rare time of Andy Cortez hosting a show.
1: It went great. I had, uh, unfortunately, Lucy James couldn't make it. She was a little bit sick. So it was me and Elise running the show. Uh, you know what? With how convoluted and confusing these fantasy shows can be, it was started off a little tough, right? Uh, Just me hosting the show. It's not something I often do, but I feel like we found our stride. And I think we were worried about, you know, uh, well, we have to, like, kind of maybe hit this time limit. And we blew right past it because we just love uh, the content of these shows. Um, So, man, I... I am so excited that every week we get a new episode of Game of Thrones, a new episode of Lord of the Rings. Like it's a really Wild. awesome time. Yeah, it really is an awesome. I still haven't had the chance to sit down and watch it. It's been a really busy weekend, but I'm
0: excited to to give it a shot. I'm seeing clips on Twitter go around. I'm like, this show looks dope as shit, dude. Like, the production values,
2: the, the production value is <laughs> insane. Like every shot looks like it's been pulled out of like a brand new movie. It's it's. I, like that's where the budget went and oh man I, yeah that budget makes a big difference kevin
1: i had told tim and really i'm telling anybody who isn't even interested in the show that it's almost like avatar the movie like even if you're, you don't care about watching those movies in theaters uh, back when the first one came out you go just because of the spectacle aspect of it and i've been i told tim and i've been telling a lot of other people even if you're not interested watch the first 10 minutes because th- it just feels like a movie; it doesn't feel like television mm-hmm. at all. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's a beautiful show. Yeah, that's awesome. It's it's, it's awesome. funny
2: to like shockingly like sometimes I'll be watching it and be like, huh, like I feel like in the hot like when they made the Hobbit, like this this didn't look this good, yeah. and it's like I think maybe if it looked this good, it would have helped it, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, but Kev, do you think that it looks as good? as clerks three that we're watching next week doggy dog oh my oh. god is
2: that next week holy <laughs> yeah, shit dude. Well, we'll have that, to see. That,
0: that's the thing they heard the lord of the rings is coming out and <laughs> kevin smith is like oh i'm about <laughs> to throw some ones <laughs>
2: it's all politics you know i thought is.
0: you were gonna but,
1: say does it do you think it looks good as good as his hot d I thought that's where you're going to go with that. Well, that
0: that is, the, that is another question. Today, of course, we are talking about Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. But first, I want to get a little housekeeping out of the way. Shout out to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady and Molecule. Remember, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to support this show where you can then watch it. Uh, live as we record it and ad-free. And we got some fun stuff going on. Right now on the com slash store, we have a new blue camo hoodie that just uh, came out, and it is hot as hell, so you can check that out. Uh, we also have our new September platinum item on both the Patreon pages. It is a KF Icon sticker pack pretty damn cool a little different than things we've done before but there's icons that represent each one of us uh in different ways so go check out patreon.com platinum or no 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 kindoffunny.com slash platinum right now to see what we got cooking up there because it's a lot of fun uh and then the most important bit of housekeeping uh if you're watching this today this is the, the the prelude to this is happening otherwise tomorrow the main event's going on football season is here and andy and mike are excited to be your play-by-play announcers for the niner season your favorite gaming personalities are scattered all throughout the league be a part of team kf on the niners or join another team of the league in hopes of co- to stop our chances at winning the championship you can find out on today's stream after kind of funny games daily on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games andy any quick things you want to say about that you've been working really
1: hard on this i mean i think kfw with a bit more green screen bits that me and michael be doing uh i i'm very excited for it it's going to be an exciting season and uh, last night there were some big roster changes. Decided to move all of the Giant Bomb crew to the Raiders uh, like because that. we didn't we didn't play the Browns at all. The Niners would not be playing the Browns. All of kind of funny are on the Niners because we're local here, and uh, so I moved all the Giant Bomb crew. Uh, Dan Riker, Jeff Grubb at quarterback. We got uh, Lucy James and Tam on the Raiders now, joining Michael Hyman and Ron Khan. So it's gonna it's. It, we at least play them this season and it's going to be a very exciting matchup hell yes
0: um and then the last little thing i got for you today we are brought to you by express VPN and chime but i'll tell you about that later let's get right into it big cap dog what'd you think of episode three of
2: house of the dragon Ah uh, man this show just continues to get better and better i thought that like i i have some questions about the time jump because it seems like maybe around two years or something but like it's wild. And I was having such a fun time and the ending of it is very strong. And that, that fight sequence. So dope. All right. Like the, just the whole battle at the end. Oh my God. I'm so in, I'm so in, please just stay good as old, like, just stay good. You know, keep like, why can't Game of Thrones only be this, you know,
1: Eddie Cortez. I'm on that same boat. Um, it's a phenomenal episode. Another great episode. That ends with that sort of classical Game of Thrones tension that we love and crave and have missed for so many years now. Um, even though you kind of assume, and you kind of know that nothing is bad, nothing bad is going to happen to, you know, uh, what's his face?: Steven. Damon, running at the very, very end, running towards this crab guy. Krabby Patty um it is still just I think filmed perfectly great and the tension is awesome and uh I don't know I think it's like the perfect way to sort of end an episode and cement himself as like yeah you need to worry about this guy this isn't just some villain who has been sort of all talk so far (laughs) um and in that moment though does what Game of Thrones does best, he's not somebody that we're rooting against, he's somebody we're rooting for in that moment, and uh, they just always do such a great job with sort of changing roles, and you think someone's a bad guy and they are overall still 99% a piece of shit, but you still end up rooting for the bad guy in those moments um, I still love all the politics having happening behind um, with everybody else at House Targaryen it's kind of like, I feel like it's well-treaded waters so far with rhaenyra's sort of story and i I, you know i don't want a husband i want to like i I feel like we've had that in fiction quite a bit um but it's still working for me no other really issues for me there i think the episode is fantastic and i'm more stoked for episode four now yeah i'd be picking up off, off that just the the negative side i'm overall very very high
0: on this but i am a little bit let down that game of thrones is delivering me oh you're my daughter and you must marry to continue the lineage it's like oh dude like you're you're supposed to be better than this fantasy wise and i know that the original series included elements of that as well but for this to be so focused on it 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 kind of just feels like well-treaded territory that like we know and i'm hoping that we can get through that or at least add deeper layers to it uh sooner than later because now i'm starting to be like all right this is definitely the least interesting level of politics that this show has given me um and they're really doubling down on it but i think that's kind of what the the time jumps might be used for is to like cool we're gonna that's the arc that we're dealing with now and then we'll kind of get through that as decisions are made on who she marries or what ends up happening with the line of succession and all that um but besides that my freaking god i just don't think it's going to get old for me to talk about how game of thrones is back because it really is and every single week they keep surprising me that they can make me feel this way that a tv show never has before game of thrones has this uniquely captivating element to it that i do think is the all inness of the production quality and the costume designs and the music and everything and once that theme hits in the beginning like once even the hbo little logo splash thing happens i'm sitting there like I don't care if this is 50 minutes or three hours, like I'm going to be captivated without looking at my
1: phone once without anything,
0: right? Like it is just so all in. What's up, Andy?
1: You know, I'm a fan of variants, right, Tim? Oh, yeah. Like the hottest take of the century right here. So I'm, I'll, I'm prepared to get the hate. I'd love for the Game of Thrones musical theme to be changed up by 5%, maybe 10% with just like a different element that doesn't make it sound identical because so far it does sound fairly identical I'd love like a tiniest bit of change in the way that we had during Rocky and review or sometimes it would like move with the eras a little I'm too looking far for, I'm looking for the tiniest bit of change. you want some 90s
0: hip-hop beats
1: yeah exactly exactly uh no uh, I'm just looking for the tiniest bit of change in the Game of Thrones music you, theme because I I just wish it was like oh yeah this is the song but uh, maybe there's some percussion here. There's some whatever here, or there's some strings here. Just a, just a little time, little baby bit.
2: Do we think the map that we're going through is old Valeria?
0: Seems like it, right? Yeah. With all those like rivery sections that remind me of the jet ski thing from Uncharted One.
2: <laughs> mm,
1: mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A a, a
1: similar a similar river of blood in the way that we always (laughs) die in that. So in those. Exactly.
0: That's so true. Uh, You're not wrong. You know, obviously, I am also the biggest fan of of musical variants in the entire world. Like, I'm all about that. However, I just think the Game of Thrones theme is just one of those things where it's like it's actual perfection and have fun with it in the show. Have fun with the little like different versions of oh, yeah. piano like motif here or whatever. But I love that they commit to it. And like I know that it's a divisive thing. Some people are like, oh, it's fucking lazy. It ain't lazy when it's this damn good. And again, I said this uh, last week, but I feel like there's a consistency where they're like, we know what we got with this. Like this is the Westeros theme song. It's not just the Game of Thrones theme song. So. I'm all in. I I fucking love it. It it just gets me going so so well, man. Uh, But this episode was just great because similar to last week's where we got that standoff of the dragons on the bridge, this feels like the things I liked most from the later seasons of Thrones mixed with the smaller, more personal things of the earlier seasons of of Thrones with the, the characters and stuff. And they're really delivering on that. And I didn't expect to get this full scale fight in this episode. And let alone for it to be this good. And this reminiscent of Battle of the Bastards, one of the greatest episodes there ever was. And a different take on it. Like having this this bad guy just kind of be the dominant force. Like we haven't really had that perspective before. And I love that normally when we see these like war situations, we're following Jon Snow. We're following this underdog up against like one versus many. This is different where it's like, we are following the the provocateur of this whole thing like we're following the the aggressor of this and it felt like captain america in the beginning of winter soldier running through on the boat just fucking everybody up it was like yo this is this is really cool and you know the him getting shot with the arrows and stuff like there was a level of i didn't I never thought he was actually going to die but there was a moment where i'm like what is the end game of this? Like maybe this doesn't go the way I think it does. Mm -hmm. And um, no matter what I thought, I did not expect him to come out with Crab Man's slain body, like the way it was like, that was wild to me. I really did not expect that. But Uh, also what
1: a great job of setting up this villain without do. I just feel like we saw so little of him? We heard a lot about the Crab Man. It was a lot of, you know, tell don't show with crab guy and we were it that still didn't matter to me we get to that end sequence and he's still a big bad just because of the amount that they talked about him those small little glimpses that we saw the I guess just like the visuals that he has like this sort of dragon scale burnt body like I don't know what the hell is actually going on with him and his skin. Um, But it looks like there's, like, a lot of, like, some burnt areas, but it does look like the grayscale sort of thing happening, like we mentioned last week. And then that paired with the mask, this is, like, this guy looks more than human, right? This guy looks like something else, something otherworldly. And we didn't need a whole lot of episodes showing him and talking about him, he was not the main issue with a lot of these episodes. We knew that we'd get him eventually. And then when it happens, it's as awesome as if we were cutting to him every other sequence and seeing him with his like people, like it, it it still worked incredibly well. What's up, Kev?
2: Uh, Yeah. I was just going to say like it, like I feel like what they're setting up and how they're using the time jump seems brilliant where it's like, Hey, like, this is a problem. We're going to talk about it heavily. And then he's going to go and and solve it, right? And then cut to two years later. Now, what are the consequences? The seahorses, like, uh, Navy has been decimated. Uh, Damon looks like an idiot to everyone. He's losing the respect of the people that, like, brought him out. And it's it's not about those, um, you know, it's it's like, it's crazy how they can – focus on the political aspects of it and not the individual characters like i i was saying last episode we were doing this where it's like i don't want to get too much more of this dude and we didn't like we got the perfect amount of like yeah hey remember this threat we've been talking about the last two episodes now we're gonna have a cool fight sequence that like you don't even get to see but like the consequences tell you about like how deranged you know uh, Damon is, and even him like being like, Oh, hey, uh, rescue's coming, and he's like, Fuck this noise, I'm gonna go and solve shit. It like, we're getting like, they're doing such a good job of being like, Hey, let's boil down these characters and get like, get you to like know them as quick as possible. And it's, I, I'm very impressed with, with everything. I do have some questions with the time jump where like, the was that the little kid from the last episode? Um, what's his name? Hold on. Valerian, Val, Val, the seahorse's uh, son. We saw him in the last episode when they introduced, like, the daughter. See, and I didn't then,
1: remember. I didn't remember oh. seeing the son. Um, yeah. And they, I'm they sure they, were, they did show him. I yeah. just have a bad memory. But when they mentioned, how about you, Mary? Uh... Le- le-
2: Lenor, yeah,
1: Lenor or whatever. I was like, oh, they have a son. I, I'm sure they showed that. I just don't remember it with all the other elements happening.
2: I, I believe that they're twins. Like they're the the same age. So like, if that is the son who was talking to the uncle or the the brother of the seahorse and was calling him uncle, um, I, I just like to me that's like, well that's a lot of growth for two years. More it looks more like six years because that that kid's pretty full grown. Also who was riding the second dragon? Does anybody know? was that supposed to oh, be Oh that
1: was the son that was the that, that was that, uh, that
2: was the son who was just that, like that was, okay that I was I Corliss's son yeah, okay, okay that's cool.
1: the one that I'm assuming that you think is the twin, which yeah I didn't think it was a twin because he again yeah the age does seem to make him be a lot older than because we saw the the young daughter that they Corliss's daughter that they wanted. To mm-hmm. marry Viserys. Uh, was Saris, 12 at the time. And she was 12. Yeah, this guy doesn't look like a 14-year-old now. Um, if they are, in fact, twins. I, I never got the... It's
2: a rough 14, though, maybe. You know what I mean? I, I never also, the got white hair does yeah. change
1: a little bit. Yeah, He doesn't look 14, though. That he, is, yeah, he looks sure. way more, yeah, I mean, like, he, closer to 20, I would say.
2: Um, I would believe 16. Like, it looks like he doubled in size, if that is him from the first... Big kid. Yeah, Big I kid. don't I don't know that they've said in the show that they're twins at all. Uh that's more of like previous knowledge that I yeah. So it's maybe only twins it's we different. got
0: in this were the Lannisters, including Jason Lannister. I was dying when they said his name was Jason. I was just Jason. like I know, I know we've gotten Robert Baratheon and stuff before, but just getting Jason in the show was almost as funny as the camera padding over at just this fucking punk. Y'all, I was dying seeing this punk it felt like a starbucks cup like it felt like that's like somebody got this wrong like that's, it just did not we have we ever seen a dog like that in this like we got hounds
1: and things like we yeah. got
0: wolves we never got this fucking pug <laughs> <laughs>
1: And, and also oh. to think that, like, over the years, pugs have been bred and they've become yeah. less and less sustainable. And like the fact that it looks like that back then was, I think, really funny. It, it, that's definitely, like, the biggest, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, movie mishaps, movie mistakes. <laughs> like, like so oh, they funny. have a pug in there. They shouldn't have a pug in there. Uh, uh, I'm reading right here that Sir Lenor Valerion was the only son of of Lord Corlys Velaryon. Now, this is like from the actual wiki. This isn't, yeah. like, maybe maybe HBO ended up changing stuff. Uh, the only son of Corlys and Rhaenys Targaryen. He was heir to the Driftmark. Um, Rhaenyra gave birth to three sons during their marriage. Jocerys, Lucerys, and Joffrey. Although it was rumored that they had been fathered by Rhaenyra's lover instead of Lenor. he was a dragon rider whose dragon was Sea Smoke. That's sick. cool. Mm. So sick. But yeah, it doesn't say anything here about him having a sister named Lena.
2: I mean, he definitely has a sister named Lena, right? That's the one they try to marry her. Right? Well, that's
1: like in the show, is what I'm saying. But yeah, this is like a wiki of Ice and Fire. This is like not the HBO version of things. Yeah, so. I'm,
2: I'm pretty sure that in in the books that um, they're twins.
1: Oh yeah. He had one older sister, Lena. So he's supposed to be younger than Lena. Oh. <laughs> There's no shot. Oh. They, that's definitely something they changed.
0: Yeah, must be. Uh, before we keep talking about this, though, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like checking in your baggage at the airport without a lock. You don't know who's looking through all your stuff, finding all of your Nintendo Switches, your PlayStation Vitas, or all the other things that you're hiding in there. When you go online without a VPN, internet service providers, ISPs, can see every single website you visit. They can legally sell this information without your consent. Nobody wants that. That sounds like a bad time for everybody. You can browse more anonymous it's easy to use and it works on all devices i love expressvpn it is super simple to use i feel safe across all of my devices knowing that whether i'm on my desktop or my mobile phone people aren't getting in there i'm safe on the internet and what i look at what i browse that's mine. That's for me to know. Secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash kind of funny today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash kind of funny. And you can get an extra three months free expressvpn.com kind of funny. Next up, shout out to Chime. Like a cool breeze, Chime is a refreshing way to handle your money. There's no monthly fees, no maintenance fees, and no minimum balance fees. So it's how banking should be done. And when you need access to your money, you can do so fee-free at more than 60,000 in-network ATMs at many locations like most Walgreens or 7-Elevens. You can also send money to anyone even if they aren't on Chime. fee free for you and no cash out fees for them. Chime, no monthly fees. No vibe-killing fees. Sign up for a Chime checking account. It only takes two minutes, and it doesn't affect your credit score. You can get started at Chime.com slash KFGames. That's Chime.com slash KFGames. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by a debit card issued by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank NA. Members, FDIC, out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees apply, except at MoneyPass ATM in a 7-Eleven location and at all Owl Point or Visa Plus Alliance atm other fees such as third party and cash deposit fees may apply
1: chime.com slash kf games tim what do you think about this second baby alice i mean got i got cooking yeah i mean i
0: don't i don't know i don't know what do you mean what do i think about it? i think that it's just kind of them showing that like they're they're all in like they're, they're back to normal like it's let's just pump out as many boys as possible and see what happens type i just mean yeah normal, that's where that i would do like shit. wow
1: they're all in they're committing
2: well, Yeah, yeah but, it, like, it's interesting because it seems like um, the king and uh, Alicent are both like, yeah, you know, the crown is hers. Uh, like, it, the the king doesn't seem to be deviating at all. In fact, we get Otto deviating more than anyone. Uh, like, being like, hey, man, you got to tell him what's up. Um, so it, it's interesting on, like, is, is Otto going to double down or what's going to happen there? That's what I'm most curious what? about right now.
0: I feel like Otto's always been on the same track oh yeah yeah. is is he lying or not to the people he's talking to whereas with the the king i thought this episode they did a really good job with his character of making me hate him and then love him you know what i mean like doing the game of thrones thing where there's multiple conversations and you see like there are there, there was the moment he faltered where he was just like you know considering giving it to the the son and then by the end of the episode like even legitimately saying that you know hey i had a moment of weakness but no, I'm all about you, and like you know, there's we're watching the show, we we know that it's probably not gonna go that way, uh, but like I do appreciate his commitment, I and mean, it, it's it's fun watching a, a king in Game of Thrones that is trying his best, and like trying to do the right things, and like it's just showing us that, like, you know, sometimes even that isn't what the kingdom needs because like he's clearly like making some really stupid, stupid calls, especially when it comes to like how he's dealt with his brother these last couple of years. And I think that that's where the time jump kind of helps as well, like to Kevin's point. But I really liked that we, we get this, the rivalry between Damon and his brother. Right. But there's also respect, a clear respect between them in different ways. But the moment that Damon hears that his brother is coming with backup, he's like, now fuck this I get involved like i love that character moment for him because i just love that it shows like how he's willing to be so hasty and throw himself and into a potentially unwinnable situation terrible decision and and more than that like i feel like using the white flag surrender and then like betraying it is like such a betrayal that it's like he didn't want to do that. Like he's he's not a good dude, but like I get the vibe that that was like uh, him acting ration, irrationally because he was like, I don't give a fuck. I need to win at this point. Like no I don't know what I need to do to to do it. No holds barred. And like I like that because it's rare that we we've, we've seen that level of decision making in these shows. Usually there's a lot of plotting and like uh, understanding of exactly what the plan of attack
1: is. Mm-hmm. But I think Im- I think in that moment I'm thinking. You know, he has the flag up, he's kneeling, he's bending the knee and sort of like giving up his arms or whatever. And in that moment, I'm like, what? What's the plan here? Because we keep on seeing the crab man look up and we're like, we're waiting for the dragons. Who's coming? Who's who's going to be like popping out of the clouds and suddenly he's like save the day or whatever. And that's what I expected. I expected the dragon to come out of nowhere, catch him by surprise. And it said he one man armies it the whole way. And it was just. It was shocking and amazing. Like, I haven't felt that in the Game of Thrones in such a long time. It was really, really well done.
2: I, I was really blown away that, like, when he got shep, shot by the arrow, I was, like, I was like, oh, now the dragons are coming. Because they're, they're supposed to have, like, almost like a psychic connection with these dragons. Um, and then I was blown away when we got the Seamist or the, you know, the, the other dragon. And I was like, these guys have two dragons. And they, they, I'm, I'm shocked that they haven't won. So
0: that's what I think is interesting. I was going to say this earlier, but um, they, I think, did a good job. Andy was saying this earlier about kind of like the tell-don't show for this. And so when the show moments happen, it's really, like, incredible. And they happen in quick enough succession of us watching these episodes that it doesn't feel too drawn out. But, like, they kind of explain the little things and showing these little crab people kind of hiding in their little crab holes where that's how they've avoided all the the dragon fire and stuff and seeing the crab guy always retreat into that like little cave thing that's um like a i crab. thought was like A really good exactly i thought it was like really cool symbolism in that way but then also just in terms of like oh that makes sense for why these beasts that seem to be unbeatable well there is this one flaw that like they can't actually deal with and that's why damon has to go in and i love that we don't even see him then he comes out and that final shot of him is just fucking incredibly cool but it got me thinking um because like last week when we were talking about crab guy when we were first kind of introduced to him i was thinking like oh is it that grayscale stuff like because like rem- i remember that in the valerian stuff like there was the things and if they touched you you get it like that whole thing and it was like is that connected whatever and then andy taught me that no the seahorse people's name's not <laughs> valerian it just sounds like it And it's like that that was the whole thing so now i'm looking at this guy and when you see the closer closer shots of his face is it just that he's been burned by dragon fire like in these little hidey holes before and like that's why he looks so
1: burned
2: I well, thought it was—he no. was burned by the sun, just like you know, being out there in the ocean all day, all day being a pirate.
1: I, well, I, I the feeling that I had got Tim was that they never really n- took—they never took him seriously until it was too late. So I don't think he would have ever seen or been attacked by dragons because it's—I feel like most of those intro parts are Corliss being like, "Yo, we got to take this shit seriously." And then being like, ah, it's just fucking... Weird. Like, no, the the triumvirate or whatever the fuck... The triarchy, which is triarchy. a really cool word.
0: So fucking cool. Really yeah. cool word. <laughs> but yeah,
1: Tim, did you notice that when he hid back in the... When he hidey retreated hole. back into the hidey hole, yeah, he kind of, like, walked back into the <laughs> hole. And <laughs> that <laughs> fucking song back.
0: started playing the...
1: I wanted to point out the... The sequence that we get when they go on that hunt and how... Happy I am that Viserys doesn't die in one of these hunts because we saw one of these hunts before and Robert Baratheon fell off the thing and got gored by one of the, the tusks of the boar or whatever. Um, this sequence, I thought, was a little, little on the nose, right? Like, you know, we're, we're waiting to find this white stag and we find one, but it's not the white stag that we've been talking about this whole time. And then when the white stag does show up, it's, it's like, I don't know. It's a little kind of formulaic, like the white stag only finding, um, uh, Rhaenyra, I thought was like, okay, like you kind of have to do that, but also it's a little like we expected that to happen. I'm not surprised by the white stag finding her in those moments.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it was kind of, kind of a, A moment out of like a Disney movie of like yeah ah oh, cool there's it's like the, Harry the, Potter like the yeah. the
1: don't the fucking his dad uh, doing yeah. the thing in the forest. oh yeah
2: no it I mean, wasn't that was that was cool. it. that was cool that was that was I mean, much that was cool cooler as fuck. yeah that was yeah. much cooler because it wasn't his dad yeah um, it was him all along Kevin yeah. yeah her
1: standing there with the
0: the blood in her hair though like she looked dope as shit mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah her letting him live and all that and yeah it was so on the nose but even like the the king not being able to kill. Not even the white one, <laughs> like just the wrong thing, and you just kept fucking it up. And it's just like such good kind of like understanding of like these fucking people are incompetent, man. Like this, this king, like this is backing up what we saw in episode one of like these people haven't really been in wars, they haven't really fought. So it's like this dude can't even point blank, point blank with this dope ass fucking spear, correctly kill this like deer that is like being held in front of
1: him, you know? Also, can you, can you imagine, imagine just this? how. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: Did you guys notice his fingers? No. Missing. Oh, I heard heard there was a mistake with that. Oh, really? They were gone. There was one shot we saw where he's holding something, and Paul had mentioned it, and I looked, and it's like both his fingers, his two fingers are gone.
1: Is that when he's holding the spear that was made by...
2: No, no, it was earlier. It was in his... uh... Jason Alexander. (laughs) It was was in his room, I think. Uh, That's when... uh his wife's coming in here to like have a conversation and he's like drinking tea it looks what like do, what do we
1: make of the sequence where he eventually stabs this stag what do we make of what they want the audience to feel and and what they're trying to convey in those moments because he he misses the first stab and it's like yeah. oh sir, sir it's on, a little bit more to your left or whatever a little more to your right and go I think the it's stab what I was again. saying. Yeah, is yeah. that just to is that just to show his his growing like weakness?
2: Yeah. Well, I don't okay. know. I don't. I don't know that it's to show a growing weakness as much as like, yeah, he's not good at these things. Even when he's hold like this animal is held down, he, it still takes him two tries to get it and right. that's a
1: great. And that's a great sort of parallel to the immediate next sequence in his younger brother just popping the fuck off on the battlefield. Yeah, that's a great juxtaposition to him screwing up this easy kill.
2: We also have this like violent thing trying to kill. um, uh, Can't say her name. The princess Rhaenyra Rhaenyra. Um, And what happens there? Because so that's actually what killed uh, Robert Baratheon. Right. Yeah, it was right. Um, And the dude she picked saves her life. So right there showing like, hey, maybe she is a competent leader that knows how to make a good decision. And when it starts moving again, she immediately jumps on top and starts fucking stabbing, getting covered in blood because like bad she knows, CG there, by the way, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah the they, don't 100 million, they don't have a hundred million. They don't have a hundred million. All the blood like splattering is like, man, this just looks
1: like you're just putting some P and G's on the screen. <laughs> and I, Andy,
2: I, I agree. She should have stabbed a real boar. But, like, you yeah. know, there's nothing that can't be done, you know? It's too late Stuff for to that. Yeah. That's how Lord of the Rings would <laughs> you have done, do that $100 in, million.
1: Dollars. You got to do it in international waters to, like, yeah. just kill an animal alive.
0: <laughs> I'm always uh, a sucker for chess boards as, like, uh, explaining to us, like, where things are at. And Game of Thrones has always been great about it. But I love that this one, they literally had little crab claws to represent the the crab people. I'm like, this is so fucking sick, Well, man. to be
2: fair, that wasn't a chessboard. That was one of those, uh, the the battlefield. Yeah, that's maps. what i mean. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, pretending like, like, I love when they like, they use maps and shit and like pretend it's like
1: chess. is dope as shit. Um, Do you the... think, Tim, that <laughs> Viserys, uh, as drunk and as angry as he was, takes the advice from Lord Lionel, which I love? I feel Lord Lionel's kind of becoming that uh, Master Whisperers guy for me, where I just, I dig his vibe. He seems to not be the one trying to vie for any positioning or anything like that. Sure everybody's kind of got their motives behind the scenes, but I love that sequence where Viserys is just getting drunk off his ass and he's pissed off and he's angry at everybody, especially after uh Lion Guy uh Jason walks up to him and Thank like you. proposes all this shit, yeah. Uh but I love this Lord Lionel guy walking up and being like, Hey, I have an idea and he's like, Well what? Do you want me to yeah, you want my daughter to marry your son? What the fuck? And he's like, no, 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 no. I think you should marry uh, Lenor or whatever from Lord Corlys, and that'll, like, strengthen the bonds even more. And in that moment, Viserys is like, man, I'm drunk and I'm mad right now, but sure, you know what? I'm going to walk right by you and not hit you over the face. <laughs> even though I yeah. felt like that could have become a moment where Viserys is like, fuck you, and he tries to punch him. But I, I kind of like... Lord Lionel's vibe, and I feel like he's kind of the most rational uh, and sound mind of a lot of these other kind of crazy people always vying for power. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I do like then that that led to a conversation that essentially was like him talking to his daughter, being like, "Hey, the like our jobs are to do these smart moves," and that's where she was like, "Yeah, Allison wasn't the right call," and he was like, "You're right, bro. You're right." Yeah. You know? I love well. that he puts
0: it on her. Like, I wonder who she's going to end up marrying. Like, they, there's so many possibilities, and like, including her two year old brother, which is like, God damn, this fucking show. Yeah, but uh, it's I'm yeah. interested in, in what they're going to do, like how they're going to go forward from all this. Like, will we is the next episode another time jump, or like, when's that going to happen? But either way, I'm super interested. I love the way this episode started. We didn't even talk about that yet, but with the the dragon fire raining down on the um stepstones i think it's called um and seeing the the guy be like the, the triarchy cuts like save me and he gets stepped on it's just like holy the, shit
2: man the symbolism behind that is so good where it was like uh i'm getting saved and it's like bro you are a pawn uh, yeah, in yep. in a thing
0: but I love the the raining the arrows like coming down on the dragons. And it just showed that, like, even though they have dragons, it's like these crab people have the home field advantage. Like they know this area, and they're they're not going to let these dragons kind of take over. And then to have the time jump from that be to them talking about it, it's like, yo shit's not going well over there. It's like, I didn't expect it. man. like,
1: this show keeps me on, on my toes in a way that I'm so
0: damn invested
1: in. If fiction has showed me anything, though, in any sequence when somebody's running through, a section running through like a corridor, and there's an explosion, and the fire just like goes crazy through the corridor. And it like, and they jump out, and the fire like extends throughout all of it. Them dragons just stick your long ass neck through those fucking holes and just like <laughs> blow it all out. There's no way that they're gonna be super protected in there. I don't believe it, Kevin. I don't believe it.
0: I'm I right there with you, Andy. Don't believe it. I especially don't believe it because this is one of the rare times in Game of Thrones that we see Heat the Dragon's fire just eviscerate somebody that's standing there on camera dude. in the opening shot. I was like, oh, damn, that guy's gone. Like, there's yeah. no corpse left.
2: <laughs> also, ironically, this is the, the dragon with the longest neck we've had. Like, bro, shove dude, it in there. Shove it in this there. This dragon.
1: This dragon, dude. Like, I, I, again, we talk about how in Game of Thrones they kept on talking about these dragons aren't a fraction of what they're going to grow into size-wise. And the ones that we're watching Damon ride, the one that we're watching Damon ride, it's got those weird ass legs.
2: Yeah, it's deformations, like, so it has wings on its legs too. Yeah, it almost looks like a
1: a sea serpent or like like Yeah, something. when it like, goes,
2: oh, so cool.
1: It's it's not like any dragon that we've seen in Game of Thrones That's right, before. Yeah.
2: We're, we're used
1: to just seeing Normal legs, but it's kind of got these weird tail legs that look like a water creature or something like that. They,
2: they wanted to uh, get the dragons to look very different, so they've altered their color and some of mm. their like uh, looks, uh, including the very elongated neck that, that Damon's dragon has. It's pretty rad. Yeah, it's got a very, it's very, very long
0: neck. What is up with those little weird little... Leg tendrils?
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, it, it's Ooh. just... It, he's just deformed. So that's why he has that long neck and the weird little leg, like webbed legs, essentially. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Interesting. I do want to just go back to this again. There's no fucking cooler thing than Sea Smoke being the name of the dragon of the seahorse people. That is so rad. Yeah. It's really, (laughs) really really badass. Any final thoughts on Game of Thrones? House of the
1: Dragon. Hot
0: D, episode three.
1: No, nope, they're show. killing it. Absolutely love it. I am so happy that this doesn't feel like another series that just seems to be cashing in. I mean, in a way it is. <laughs> like That is kind of why they made it, because they want to make more money. It's a very profitable franchise. But I'm glad that it is just as engaging as the past series was, which is something I would have never expected.
2: Yeah, yep. I was really worried about that, too. So like i'm I'm glad that it's like i'm I'm blown away at how into i this I am and I can't wait for more you know what I mean four more seasons let's do it. <laughs>
0: every, every right episode now. kev's gonna add one more season <laughs> <for the> show. <laughs> let us know in the comments below what you thought of episode three of this show uh remember subscribe to the screencast podcast feed or youtube.com slash kind of funny because we're going to be doing all of the nerd culture shows the next couple weeks the next couple months you know what for the rest of all time until then though i love you all goodbye